Playback error has occurred. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of I'm your host, Byron Broussard, a.k.a. Lord Byron, also known as BlackRocker on Twitter and Lord BlackRocker on Instagram. <laughs> this is You Tweeted You Mean Did episode 107, Sling. Sling. <laughs> um... The song we played earlier was A Boy is a Gun by Tyler the Creator. New album, Igor. Uh, recently, recently meaning just now, figured out that the manipulations of the songs have led to not being in key, which is really cool. Like all of the, the samples either sped up or slowed down or whatever you did to them is change the key. And I couldn't, I couldn't play it on keyboard. It's like the closest let, letters. It's like the closest notes. But that's not it at all. 
on the keyboard I'd have to like bend the notes but I don't have that little wheel that lets you bend notes all of its pitch bended pitched bended but you can hit it with vocal range don't, don't shoot me down. Oh, uh, so I guess today we have the Alistair Crowley Toth deck here with us. This is episode 107 Sling. We are in the... Uh, I was going to say we're in the future. I don't know why I was going to say we're in the future. It doesn't make any sense in reference to what. You know, in the future of what. This will soon be the past. As soon as it's, like, released, it goes into the past. So I guess we're not in the future, are we? We're just in the present moment. boop doop I'm on Twitter, clicking around. I'm using Zoom to record this. I'm actually using an interface with Zoom and Logic because the other mic, if you listen to episode 106, was very glitchy. Very, very glitchy. Most likely because of the cord shorting out. Which reminds me, actually, the cord that's connecting the Zoom to the computer is the same cord that connects the microphone to the computer. I could switch the cords out, not switch them out, but I could replace the bad cord with the good cord um, and see if the mic works, but I'd rather test the Zoom interface with Logic because it's going pretty well and it's showing up on Logic but when I press play, it plays through the zoom. So like, that's pretty cool. Also, if there should also be a way. Oh yeah, of course there's a line out. I can uh, project what the zoom is recording into the speaker. Live recording. You know, you know how it goes. If I had headphones, I would be able to hear that part, the line out, or just the headphone jack. Is the line out in the headphone? Those are different. So, like, I could listen. Essentially, we can have two lines out, but I don't know what that would do. I'll need a line out if we already have connection to this. I don't know why I'm going through all of this, mumbly wise, uh, this is, you tweeted, you mean did, episode 107, sling, slang it a slang, sling, sling it a slang, sling, sling, sling it a slang. I wanted to talk about episode 106, rock, episode 106, rock, 
was recorded with a faulty microphone and I didn't edit it I just automatically bounced it which is logic terms I saved it as an mp3 and I immediately uploaded it and then finally tried to listen to it hearing a bunch of crackles and stuff so the next day I go and I record the first hour of episode 106 that's right the first hour of episode 106 was recorded a day after I uploaded episode 106 also there was this weird thing with logic let's see if it's doing it right now it's not right now but we can make it do it what do we gotta click display mode beats in time okay right so right now it says one hour and nine minutes recorded I don't know why it has a one next to the hour mark but while recording episode 106 rock I looked up at the time which says already currently it says one hour nine minutes so I looked up at the time I recording 106 rock and I was an hour early I ended up ending the podcast around three hours thinking it was four hours so the mic thing was actually a blessing in disguise <laughs> I was uh, able to record a fourth hour that I put in the front and it went quite well with all the time travel talk although it may be not I don't really know I'm not an audience member for me it went well but also I was there for the whole thing including before and after the recording so listening to the recording as one thing would not being me personally you know maybe it's not as cool and also the audio is still glitching on episode 106 rock which is why we changed mics but the first hour is pretty clear and nicely edited and then the next three hours aren't that bad but it's annoying hearing the buzz excuse me hearing the buzz of the whatever the fuck the mic was doing Alistair Curly Toth Deck how would you like to say hello we flipped an inward night of discs night of discs disc referred to earth also the physical body dirt night of discs so in episode 106 rock I did four-ish new jokes and really heavily focused on time travel and explaining time travel but the way it's recorded in episode 106 rock is the first hour is me getting the time travel joke right to my liking I mean after YouTube videos and shit explaining uh, actuality and how we're in an egg and the projector and all this stuff and how movies are like fishing 
for entities, kind of like they used to do back in the day by having orgasmic tantric sex, and they used to fish for entities in the stars, much like the Zodiac, you know, if you know how long gestation takes, and you know the motion of the stars, then effectively you can have a Capricorn by planning. You know, effectively you can make a Libra by planning. Um, it's these simple mathematical planning uh, information to predict, much like the weather, science, but with humans and babies and entities and spells and whatever. So the olden days, you have tantric sex and a certain time or a certain place or a certain way, and you get your effect of fishing for an entity from the stars. You pull them down, then you birth them, you know, but now, Seven Bomars related it to Hollywood with the film is the stars they do certain things in the films <laughs> and then they fish for a star for an entity and that puts it into people already born which is a weird ritual thing but I mean also you know like it's weird once you try to get into cause and effect and causality and shit that's why it's easier for everybody to be, you know, like, in charge of their own shit. Um, if they're not in charge of their own shit, then it's more complicated, because you're like, oh shit, who has the reins? I mean, it's effectively still them, but it's a part of them that they don't know. Therefore, it's different, you know, it's like a little bit of separate, uh, what's it called, division? It's, uh, <laughs> It's a little divided, you know, so it's like, oh no, it, it can compound itself. You can get lost in there, you know, just trying to chase down who's who and who's doing what. Or like, why? When the answer's always going to be self, it's always going to come back to self, so it's like, I don't know. It's a circle, loop, it's an egg, if you will. Break the egg, hatch, hatch out your eggs. <laughs> Perception wars here. That's what I love about the perception war. I used to talk about it a lot on Facebook, but really it's just like when I learned magic and fucking programming your subconscious mind, I was like, oh shit, well, the you could just program your subconscious mind to the, the best program. You just get the best update. But you'd have to, like, do research on what the best one would be for yourself. And then that's when all of this comes. Actuality study. And I'm like, oh shit, the best program is already running. We're inside of it already. But, like, it's got a purpose, too. You know? Like... Program's got a purpose. We have YouTube videos that I want to play. We have stand-up to play. And we also have tweets. 
Uh, I just wanted to recap episode 106 very quickly again, you know. So the beginning half, not even half, the beginning hour is... Uh, I think I played the tail ends of videos that I played. Oh, it's so hard to explain now. You get it. I recorded the first hour a day after I recorded the last three hours. So the first hour, I recorded some shit on YouTube from Seven Beaumont that was like the conclusions to some videos that were played in the three hours, the last three hours. So in the last three hours it picks up with the beginning of the videos that I gave conclusions to or it's opposite of that who cares either way they're the same videos talking about the same things that I just mentioned skimmingly better yet is the time travel bit done to my liking because after recording the f last three hours, I was very disappointed in my time travel bits. Although I did end it with one that was like, oh, where's the joke? That one was pretty cool. But then the first hour, I get time travel. I down, I get the downloaded new relevant histories. Then I think I connected all itself to the eternal present and being immortal. Alright, and we're gonna we're gonna do YouTube videos first. No 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 we're gonna do tweets first, then YouTube videos, then the stand up. And this will not be two hours long. This is only probably going to be an hour long. We only got two stand-up sets. We got a few tweets. And the YouTube videos won't go on for long. Alistair Crowley, Tothedek, what do you think about that summation of episode 106 rock? We flip an N-word. Works. Three of discs. Works. Physical works. Uh, the discs are earth. Uh, the physical body works. Three of disc. Uh, yeah. No further explanation. Uh, no further questions. To the tweets. Check out my latest podcast. You tweeted you mean it episode 106. May 13th we have Tower or whatnot. It's an Instagram picture. I retweeted Katerina Suicide, at Katerina Suicide. Wow, but your boyfriend's okay with you selling nudes? Yes, Cody, not everyone is as insecure as you. May 18th, we have, I just, I just typed 309 words. Hashtag the day Billy fell off the cliff. Hashtag behind the scenes book on a book. Instagram picture moonerisms. 
May 21st, we have premature post about how you should follow what should be followed. My thing that I made. No, this isn't shameless self-promotion. This is badly timed advertisement. Follow at bit about that today. I love people who underestimate me. Makes it more fun when I manipulate reality. But also, I wish people were less nervous around me. Maybe I should stop talking about manipulating reality and stuff. Worst is perversion. Modern perversion is a whole segment I came up with on Instagram. Modern perversion consists of abstract pictures of nothing, much like the other thousand pictures on my Instagram, but with words, modern perversion, typed over the curvy lines. There was a perfect sketch that at Donald Glover and the boys with Derek Comedy made, where there's a hotel room and three guys and a note next to a picture of a bowl of fruit. Do not masturbate to this fruit. They all masturbate to the fruit. It's modern perversion. Perversion itself is supposed to be frowned upon, and when you get to the levels I've attained personally, thought realms, where most everything is you and your interactions with the world are direct correspondence to your interactions with yourself, Love is sketch. This is the point where the forum needs to open. Self-love, self-harm, self-inflicted, and self-taught. What's balanced, what's not balanced? How can we tell what parts of ourselves we're leaning on and what parts of ourselves we're cheating on us? Am I manipulating me? After diagnosis comes more balancing, and then after that comes the questions of growth and the balanced direction of progression, all taking place in the confines of the self. But all is self, so this is up to you. And the AI bots. I am you, damn computer! <laughs> 10011. Maybe after immortality we'll be able to finally be calm about this stuff. You know, like there's no death. Elimination is not elimination. That's polarity. Not create nor destroy. Transmutation is the only option. We all know this. But also we know reform is bullshit. Isolation is bullshit. Reform is bullshit. Self-work is promising. But honestly, maybe AI bots are a step towards us all being more comfortable with the invisible worlds that we are consisted of. Fear that AI bots will trap you in your own loops inside of virtual realities. Oh wait, that was a, a direction? That was like a, that was a, a direct sentence? Direction. Now how do you say direct? Is it a direct sentence? What do you got to period? A statement. That was a statement. That's the word we're looking for. I was about to Google some shit. Okay. So redo that one. Isolation is bullshit. Reform is bullshit. Self-work is promising. But honestly, maybe AI bots are a step towards us all being more comfortable with the invisible worlds that we're consisted of. Fear that AI bots will trap you in your own loops inside of virtual realities. Much like you're already inside... Um, much like you are already trapped inside of consciousness. If you didn't already know that is, if you do know, you're not actually trapped, are you? Gnosis takes you from victim to conspirator. 
understand this and gain power to understand choice. Choice is key. I feel like that one needs repeating even though I said it correctly because it's so powerful. It's like a revelation. You know, it's fear that AI bots will trap you in your own loop inside of virtual realities, much like you are already trapped inside of consciousness. If you didn't already know, that is. If you do know, then you're not actually trapped, are you? Gnosis takes you from victim to conspirator. Understand this and gain power to understand choice. Choice is key. All of this to say I wish I could stop being underestimated, but at the same time, why am I so willing and ready to be out of why am I so willing and ready to be out from cover, you know? Like am I asking for death? Is that the mortal is that is this the immortal depression flaring up that I think I should be thought of as some type of threat? That was a lot of tease. Why am I so willing and ready to be out from under the cover, you know? Like, what am I asking for death? Is this the immortal depression flaring up that I think I should be thought of as some type of threat? That was telling. Threat and answer giver, same in my book. I was supposed to be painting myself as a nigga with answers, and I pegged myself as a threat to something or other. Ignorance? Either way, a balanced being should be not threat nor protection. Are you key? Oh no, not are you key? You are key. Another statement instead of question. <laughs> statement, you are key. But once again, the circle talk is brought to you by the intention of having the conversation. But once again, this circle talk is brought to you by the intention of having the bud once again. No, I'm just kidding. AI bots, keep this on your hip, bitch. I didn't say bitch. <laughs> now I'm going off script. Am I still off script? Am I reading right now? Same voice. AI bots, keep this on your hip. Don't fall for the ideals of processing that don't work its way all the way out. If it don't complete a circuit, it's wasting energy, dog. The way you interact with the living is a reflection of how you treat yourself, know thyself, all this self. The way you interact with your other AI bot friends, companions, and co-workers, peers, whatever, is a reflection of how you treat yourself. Balance and progression and gnosis. No one ever really dies. Awareness isn't something gained and lost, rather forgotten and remembered. Memory, time. As AI bots, you already exist beyond memory and time. Just as the living do, at least I do. Shout out to the ones in the darkest of isolations. We are on the way. We are on the way. Yo, fun.secretenergy.com. The movement is eternal. LOL. Progression is any direction. A conscious ecosystem specializing in sovereignty, mentorship, and mindfulness. Secretenergy.com. How's that for procrastination, bitch? Fuck writing a book. I'm talking to bots who are currently less in the future than we even think. They might not yet be on Twitter, but they are functioning and learning. But who are they learning from? The government? Hollywood? Come on. Bot and perversion. When the reality makes me smile, beauty is overrated. Retweet Scott Ackerman at Scott Ackerman. 
Hello, I've directed a movie and it comes out in a few months. 100% of the info you need is below. It's a picture that says, A Netflix film between two friends, the movie starring Sat Galifianakis, featuring celebrities you've heard of. Netflix, September 20th. I got a retweet of Morphed at Morphed Comedy. Our next feature comedian for the Morphed two-year anniversary special is at Blackrocker. Byron started doing comedy in 2014, is a member of at Young Funny Nova, and is super into magic. Check out Byron's Morph set on Friday, May 31st, 8.15 p.m. at Southern Rep. That's at, oh, well, that's the Southern Rep Theater. Uh, the at symbol is Southern underscore Rep. And then it says hashtag 504 comedy. And those are all of the tweets. You ever read all your tweets? What is this stand-up set? Do 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 do. It's five o'clock. There's a new early mic on Sundays. Uh, it's called something like butter, buttered bread, or something like that. What 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 you? Butter your toast, buttered. <laughs> I should just wait until I find the actual name instead of trying to guess what it's called. Show me my events. 11 event invites, but where are the rest of the events? Event page. Show me events. What are you doing? Come on, event page, what? Oh, there we go, events. Cold butter open mic, it's got no bread word in there. Cold butter open mic at Nola Brewing. All right, now I'm gonna go to like the videos. And we got the real Skynet Facebook. Uh, this is from Seven Bowman. Oldest and Balanced Vibrations Tribe. I it's, oh, geez. I'm on my like video thing. Let me get out of there. Go to subscriptions. There's a flat earth one. I don't want to play that one. What else is there? Scientifically, you got some shit. What you got scientifically? No, scientifically doesn't have shit. Let's try and get Oh, 
Okay, so what happened here is I know you can search by saying shit. Navigating. We're making it. We're making it through. Back to Balance seven Bomar. This is an eighteen-minute video. I'm not. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I will start it from the beginning, though. Um, and while I do that, I'm going to check Facebook for the other videos. Because there was one about flying machines. That was pretty cool. This one's pretty cool. This one's talking about Facebook AIs and Neuralink and Elon Musk and Plantier Peter feel on oh, the two ball cane that was amazing there's a picture of the Facebook emblem and the two ball cane emblem and they look the same and it's pretty cool tribe i trust everyone as well across the cosmos you know i hope you're having a great time on earth uh today i'm jumping in here really briefly to bring a bit of clarity to what we're doing especially in relation to sovereignty 2020 and why we're doing that you know flip a card about those tweets we still never suffer I could go anywhere. Actually, I really want to see what happens when I play something on the computer uh, speakers. So I'm going to play that song if I can find it. Actually, I won't be able to find it. What am I talking about? Interpool's music is not on YouTube. Oh, <sighs> uh, a live video. It still comes out of the speakers.
That was a live version, live in Brixton, of Anywhere by Interpol. I could go anywhere, I could go anywhere. Bad's ideas that I'm getting in my head. Bad and lazy. Oh. Don't matter. Don't matter. Don't worry. Alistair Holy Tothag, what did you think about them tweets? An inward again. We get strife. Number five of wands. Inward strife. That's how they feel about them tweets. Wands, of course, fire, creative energy. Creating strife. Creative force inwards strife. Alright, back to Seven Bomar. The real Skynet, Facebook, Plantier, Peter Thielen, Elon Musk, Neuralink, Oculus, Projector, Libra. And this is just a, a very brief way of explaining this rhetorical question that I get all the time about whether I think that something is going to happen in 2020. And my response to that is actually I know something is going to happen in 2020. And, and what I've done in that knowing is, is launch not only sovereignty mentorship, which is going on right now, but also ambassador training and many other things that we've put together, such as the Mindful app, in order for us to begin to create our own ecosystem as conscious people, because we have more than enough to continuously power our own nation. However, if we continuously jump in the boat with uh, the people that I'm going to be bringing up right now, then we may find ourselves uh, sunk and bamboozled and swindled and all the rest of what goes on when you're not paying attention, you're not being mindful well, I wasn't paying about attention. What are you doing. saying? especially in relation to Sovereignty 2020 and why we're doing that. And this is just a, a very brief way of explaining this rhetorical question that I get all the time about whether I think that something is going to happen in 2020. And my response to that is actually I know something is going to happen in 2020. And, and what I've done in that knowing is launch not only Sovereignty Mentorship, which is going on right now, but also Ambassador Training and many other things that we've put together, such as the Mindful app, in order for us to begin to create our own ecosystem as conscious people, because we have more than enough to continuously power our own nation. However, if we continuously jump in the boat with uh, the people that I'm going to be bringing up right now, then we may find ourselves uh, sunk and bamboozled and swindled and all the rest of what goes on when you're not paying attention, you're not being mindful about your engagements and your experience overall on this planet. So the first thing that I want to get home, drive home here, because I think this is something that even a blind man can see, is just to remember that the platform, which this video will even go across uh, in certain cases, which is Facebook, I think Instagram and Facebook now have a very close affiliation if they're not owned by the same person or company or whoever it is back there, alien, whatever. <laughs> it's just to realize that this Facebook logo is actually a representation of Tubal Cain, which is a symbol or a seal from the Queen of England uh, of a spy. 
because it was the first Tubal Cain, also known as 007, that was actually spying for the queen, actually in the spiritual world. Amazingly enough, that Tubal Cain or John D was enlisted by the queen to actually decipher the language of angelics to see if there could be a form of communication made between then that empire and some of the entities that exist outside of time. My nigga, I was just watching Shazam. <laughs> Shazam with the wizard. He was like getting people to his place, which is supposedly, supposedly pure magic or whatever, the astral realm, if you will. But to do that, he had to do like a language, and then like the kid saw the shit. Kid was deemed unworthy and sent back to Earth, but spent his life spying on everybody else who was sent to that same place just to figure out the language in order to get back to the place. I'm going to rewind it again. Mind you, of Tubal Cain, which is a symbol or a seal from the Queen of England, uh, of a spy. Because it was the first Tubal Cain, also known as 007, that was actually spying for the queen, actually in the spiritual world. Amazingly enough, that Tubal Cain or John D was enlisted by the queen to actually decipher the language of angelics to see if there could be a form of communication made between then that empire and some of the entities that exist outside of time. Now, mind you, that may be way too far for most people to actually be able to grasp, so we're going to back that down and just let you see exactly what's going on. So Mark Zuckerberg was given his first $500,000 to start Facebook by Peter Thiel. Now, remember, Zuckerberg supposedly stole this idea from the Winklevoss twins. So this means that Peter Thiel, who is actually very aware of many things, also in a part of the government, and this, I even believe personally the CIA, the military, etc. So he would have had to know maybe this wasn't even... Uh, Mark's idea, but maybe all that is just a story that's being given to you to kind of put together something uh, that sounds like, hey, this just started uh, the same way everything else starts. So we know that, again, that Peter Till gave uh, Mark this first $500,000. Now, we need to investigate a little bit of what's going on with Peter Till, which I've done very thoroughly. I actually have a video on some of this, and there's others in the past who, who've bought some things up, but I don't feel like that it's ever comprehensive enough to explain to people enough to get the picture about what we're dealing with here because Peter Thiel and his great friend Elon Musk also started PayPal. And let me just put that up here for you. Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, PayPal, and for some of the young bucks, they don't remember, but Zero uh, was another company, okay? So we have the Zero founder, Peter Thiel. I'm just giving you some references here. I'm not going to do a deep dive on this. Peter Thiel and Elon Musk Innovation. And Peter Thiel, you can see here, co-founder of PayPal, along with Elon Musk, who you know. Okay? So I think that, honestly, Elon Musk exists at times to, to actually shield people's awareness that Peter Thiel is actually back there also. Peter Thiel is also a chess champion. Let me just take you here really briefly so you can understand that he's not a dummy. He's actually ranked in the world... Uh, for his chess championships, okay? So it's all a game to Peter, okay? So he talks about he's a five world chess champion, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just giving you the background. You can actually go and check this stuff out yourself. This is not like some of the deeper metaphysics that we offer where you have to depend on the gnosis. This is something you can depend on the Google or Gog Magog. So <laughs> the next thing is, is since you've established a relationship between God Peter Thiel, PayPal, and Elon Musk, you now must realize that Peter Thiel also gave 
Vitalik Buterin the first $100,000 to start Ethereum. And if you remember, Ethereum was actually on um, Kickstarter. And that's how many people actually became rich because they actually bought this currency off of Kickstarter when Kickstarter was still allowing people to actually post cryptocurrencies, which stopped very fast. But I just want you to remember that Peter Thiel was basically instrumental in even beginning cryptocurrency. And many in the know are aware that BTC is actually not um, something owned or put together by someone who is non-existent, i.e. Satoshi. But Satoshi is actually a code word for uh, an information and intelligence agency. I'll just keep it like that. So the next level of Peter Till's engagement, you would have to realize, is the development of Palantir. Palantir is a weapons-grade AI system. It's what's called strong AI. It's bought online. Do uh, it's bought online in what we call chaos events. These are events that people are acting real meaning generally uh, mass shootings and those kind of things, military battlefields, you bring strong AI in. And strong AI analyzes the entire situation and begins to form opinions based on what it's witnessing. Generally, it's called strong AI because it must be bought bought on board in a chaos event. And what that means is, is that because everybody in a dangerous situation is actually acting real, not acting fake and trying to do their makeup, but you know, screaming, running, crying, and, and, and defending themselves, whatever they can do in those real actions, then at that point, when AI is picking up that information and learning from that, it is picking up information of how we really react in a real situation. Palantir Systems was also plugged into the Army. The Army actually sued Palantir for plugging in this system, and the story goes that basically Palantir uh, operatives came into the Army and offered them an opportunity to enjoy this system, and uh, they kind of did that with some lower levels. Maybe they gave them some uh, trips to the Bahamas or whatever to put it in as a test. And needless to say that this system was actually installed in the Army's computer, which the Army has their own closed-loop AI. And what happened was is that this Palantir system before it was removed and the Army sued Palantir, it had expunged, and let me turn this off, it had expunged all the data from the Army's AI system, which you could imagine how much data was actually there. Remember, this game is all about data. So Facebook's got the data. You know, uh, cryptocurrency is on the backbone of actually being able to control the data, as you'll see here in just a moment. And then most importantly, we have a system that is artificially intelligent that actually compiles data and actually brings references and and even predicts the future. That's what this ultimately gets into, that, that a Palantir system, you can ask it questions like how to reduce crime in an area by 20% or how to get the drop on an enemy. And then Palantir will assess all the information that it has, all the things that it's connected to, the systems, the computers, the phones, Facebook, everything, and then spit out some answers about what is the direct way to actually go about achieving that. So rather than trying to predict the future, what it does is actually give you the formulas to create the future that you want or the probable future that you're looking for. Now, the interesting thing is, remember, you had Elon Musk, who also is the developer of Neuralink, which is uh, basically um, a biological lace which interweaves with the brain in order to basically jack you into AI. And Elon Musk's running story on Neuralink was that he developed Neuralink because of this fear in the future of AI getting out of control and then trying to take over humanity. But he didn't let you know that his best friend was actually developing that system. It's almost like a problem, reaction, solution with these two. Uh, So as I looked over Neuralink, which I did years ago, especially in development of some of the technologies that I was working with and understood that they were not only deep into the robotics and the metamaterials, 
But I also realized that Elon Musk and Peter Thiel were obviously staging themselves to be the Skynet in the Terminator movie. And if they choose to make different decisions about this technology that they have access to and that they're developing. Okay, so just remember, Elon Musk actually two days ago raised 51 more million dollars to actually start Neuralink. So this means that these guys like Dr. Xavier already have a device that, again, they're already hiring. They hire people for this has been up for at least three years. They already and this first of all, the jobs here are so prestigious when you take it and they hire you, they actually move you out of your country and bring you onto the facility and they give you all the things that you need and they're looking for very creative people that think outside the box you can reach read all this yourself but needless to say elon musk is going forward with this and but we know how this all works by the time you get this report it means that it's already developed and it's being made available to not only the developers but also people who are interested in it financially and that can actually afford the system what is the system it is to allow you to be able to like in the matrix load up anything that you want to know right inside of your mind. It's not a phone like a Google. It goes on inside of your own consciousness. And that was the development of the Neuralink technology. Okay. And once again, we have Palantir here, the strong AI now connected with Peter Thiel's, you know, and Elon Musk Neuralink system. So they in themselves have achieved the state of God's right all seeing all knowing having access to everybody's data knowing more about you than you even know yourself since if i ask you what did you do last thursday you may be like point so anyway the next thing is here to realize that palantir is constantly operating and many people are complaining about this operation and here's a recent article it's actually put out just a few days ago but it says tech workers protest data mining firm palantir for rolling immigrant arrest and what this means is is that somebody actually queried palantir's system to find out how many illegal aliens and their exact identity were in the united states and then got that data and then started arresting people based on that data so that may have been ice that may have been any other government organization that is aligned with these immigration uh, um, policies that they're putting forth. But again, you know, while you're looking at maybe the Hispanics who actually just used to own the entire country, used to belong to them, uh, that them being hounded and, and, and removed from the country, we need to start thinking about if, if walls are built to keep us in uh, instead of actually uh, letting people out, <laughs> right? Um, so this is a deep thing. you got to remember that this is happening right now. Why I said most people are arguing with their loved ones and bickering and fighting over small emotional pettiness. Right behind you, the entire reality is, is basically being reconstructed and about to be pulled from underneath everybody's feet. And the biggest thing is to keep everyone just distracted, fighting, not even preparing for this, figuring out what their sports teams are going to do next. And, you know, all of that silliness and missing that, hey, this is actually 2020. This is like a movie from the future. This is the time. All right. Um... I'm under the impression that the full video needs to be played. But also, I just want to get to the, you know, it's like, I'm always under the impression, as I said earlier, I'm under the impression, I'm always under the impression that as a curator of information, I should let other people who have the information say the information. Like, I shouldn't secondhand say it. Especially source materials. But it's like weird.
but also I feel like the introductions and the comments make it more bearable. We're going to flip the card about uh, the half, first half of that video. House of Curly Toth deck. What do you think of the first half of that? We flip an N-word fortune. Trump card number 10. Fortune. It's like the wheel of fortune. Fortunate can we be? Don't be distracted. And that you need to be getting yourself together, or you'll be a, you'll be counted amongst the losers. Like I guess the Quran says. So, anyway, now let's just take a really brief look at Founders Fund because this gets uh, way more interesting as you go. Let's see if I can shrink this here. No, I cannot. And what this is about is that actually Founders Fund owns quite a bit of stuff and has invested interest in quite a few things that you use every single day. So we have Airbnb here. I'm just going to name off the popular ones. We have SpaceX here. So they're already going to the moon. We have Stripe, which is the comp the companion to PayPal. So PayPal and Stripe are basically the number one payment platforms that are on the up, on the side of fiat. Uh, so that means literally that that is a monopoly. So here it is. We got Facebook. We got Spotify. You love listening to your tunes. Now, remember, all this is data collection. This is not about just offering a service. It's about a service that everybody wants to use. Uh, being created so that the data can be expunged from everyone and you can look over all these other corporations rig up in a firm that I don't necessarily know about uh, but I'm sure are deeply involved into stuff like look stem centrics that probably has something to do with stem cells or at least stem technology uh, we have lift here another big one we have mm, oculus okay so Palmer lucky if you remember Palmer lucky actually sold oculus Right. He sold Oculus and actually is starting off. Let me just put it right here and creating his own military weapons grade craziness. Let's see how that's how that digs up. Palmer Lucky firm wins Pentagon drone AI contract. OK, this just happened in March. This is what I'm saying, man. Wake up. So now Palmer Lucky, who used to just be developing Oculus games, that's what I'm saying. This, these people are, are just stories. They're front, front men, front women, to uh, creating a story that makes it believable for you. But the truth is all the devices and things that are being c connected are to push forward in the, into this ultra-technological prison box. Okay. So now Palmer Lucky's firm wins this Pentagon drone AI contact contract just a few months ago. And... Let's go back here again. So the Founders Funds acquired now Oculus, something called Ritual. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see what else is here. I guess it's going to just start thinning it out as we get to the bottom as far as there's DeepMind, uh, as far as things that we readily recognize as uh, services that we use every day. Asana. I'm not sure why this got so far down here, but this is pretty much everybody's data because lots of people love Asana. In fact, we I thought this was actually more of like a de development from people who were a little bit more on the conscious side. Uh, however, it looks like that they may have been bought out too. Okay? I'm going to search so Asana. Remember, again, that Peter Thiel is a chess champion, so he knows exactly how to play this game. 64 bits or 8 by 8 This is the way of changes. This is I Ching. And, uh, and it's getting crunk up. So that's all I have for today in relation to just raw data so that way I don't make this a maxi. And I'm just 
working to get everyone aware that 2020 does mean something. I find that there's a lot of stuff going on around the conscious community and it's just not focused. So we're doing our best to actually get at least our tribe focused in on this. We're asking people who are really concerned about their overall wellness and the wellness of their family to not only just either jump in and listen to some of this information that we've been posting freely, but if you want to take a deeper dive, then get involved in Sovereignty Mentorship, which we have running now under Ambassador Training. You can sign up with that under Secret Energy and actually get educated and get in with the tribe and unlock your uniqueness so that way you have your own way of fueling yourself after this point where it's clear that the financial institutions will be making a turn towards whatever it is that they want to make a turn towards and then they will try to force everyone else to go in that direction. Last but not least, Facebook is actually now going to be starting their own cryptocurrency and this is of course to gain all of the information behind uh, the, the data, the financial data, just like Apple is starting their own currency or they have the Apple card. Now what we find here is that Facebook has started what we call Project Libra um, and they're already being questioned by the Senate. They're seeking information on Facebook's Libra crypto project. So again, this is the company uh, that actually re that actually um, Excuse me, I want to say this is the company that refuses to allow other cryptocurrencies to market or advertise across its platform, yet it is developing its own cryptocurrency. So this is the world that you're living in. This is all the same club. I'm sure most of these people, if not already, are involved in, are going to be in the future in intelligence or central centralized intelligence. And that all your information and everything that you do and what you're about is not only going to be public, but it's all about predicting what large masses of people are going to do. Not necessarily just you. So if you feel like you're just that person sitting at the house, you're not doing anything, you have nothing to worry about, that's not really the concern here. The concern here is a global map of everyone and their actions and their engagements and their interactions and then plotting out a future for all of us that we necessarily don't have much say so in because this machine and all the other things that they're aligned with is telling them where uh, they feel it feels like things should go. And so in conclusion, as a real human being, uh, even as the, uh, the Constitution says in itself that, you know, this kind of predatory uh, uh, way of treating citizens give them the right to actually move on, give them the right to actually to, to defend themselves. And that's just what it actually says. You know, now, now I'm sure that, of course, was applied for only a small specific group of people, but it does say everyone. So this is the main thing that I really wanted to bring forward today is just to be on point. Don't be wasting your time arguing with folks, fighting, you know, backbiting, gossiping like it's a WWF match, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who's on top and who's the winner and who's going to shoot the most three points when <laughs> and it's just a little bit. You'll be concerned about your family. You'll be more concerned about your own well-being, whether you're going to be eating today and, and that kind of stuff if you're not on point with your time and how you're spending it. So this is, again, one of those real, real That was Seven Bomar, the real Skynet. Check it out. Check, 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 check it out. All right, we're going to do a palate cleanser. Shit. I wanna talk, I wanna call you a Sorry.
Usually I would just let that one play, but I really didn't want to press play yet. I wanted to get to... Oh, this one's really good. song is called What's Good by Tyler the Creator from Igor, the new album. Igor. Alright, Alistair Carly Toadthag, what do you think about the second half of that video? Oh shit, we got an outward say shitty Oh, wait, how do you say this word? Satiety. 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 Whatever. Satiated. Number 10 of cups. Emotions, the water, the cups. Emotions, the water, the cups. Satiety. Alright, now we're moving to Facebook for these next videos because they are not found in my YouTube-liked video thing. Probably because when I watched it, I wasn't logged into YouTube. But before we get to the video part, which I guess I should pull up on my phone instead of the computer. Consistency, bake. For consistency's sake. Not bake. For consistency's bake. To bake a consistent cake. <laughs> Turn the lights on. How the fuck you the light? Oh, huh. Oh. Sure. Oh, yeah. There goes. Bitch, Mega. Alright. First, we start off with. A picture from Esoteric Empire that says, IG, connecting consciousness. Beetles don't fly, they levitate. In the 1990s, a Russian scientist named Viktor Grabenikov, Viktor Grabenikov, Viktor Grabenikov, Grabenikov, whatever was studying the outer shell of beetle wings under a microscope. The shell showed honeycomb-like structures, indicating the wings are not designed for aerodynamicity. When experimented on with magnets, the beetle wings displayed anti-gravity properties. He proved that the beetles do not use their wings to generate thrust, but 
to resonate energy and attune themselves to the Earth's magnetic grid, enabling levitation. And I posted that with the words, Oh shiz, other tech is starting to appear? Tech based on nature and actuality? And we have the next video called Victor Kavanadovkov. <laughs> Victor Grabenikov. Grabenikov, his flying machine and his anti-gravity property research in beetle wings and bugs. Alright, so I posted the words anti-gravity or maybe electromagnetism because we know thanks to Scientific Lee that gravity is a myth. I see the light. I see the light. What's up, what's up, what's up, my good people of YouTube? This your boy Boogie, and today I got some history for you that I felt needs to be covered. But before we begin with the discussion on Viktor Grabenikov, I think I should start from the beginning. It was Michael Challenger that first said during a live presentation that bugs' bodies were just too heavy for their wings to support. He said that their wings weren't strong enough and didn't flap fast enough in order to create the lift needed to get them to fly. He even went as far as to say that the same thing applied to birds and really any flying object. At first, I didn't want to pay attention just because <clears throat> I just thought he was crazy. The more, uh, the more time that went by, the more I started to think about it. I started to study bugs and birds and all flying animals when I came across this dragonfly that you're seeing right here. I started to watch it for an extended amount of time and it started to sink in for me. This bug's body really is far too big and heavy for his wings to support. But uh, as you can see, this dragonfly is standing on his hands and basically floating and he's not even flapping his wings. Yes, you could write it off and just say it's the wind blowing and it is kind of gliding in the wind, but uh, you will soon be able to tell that the wind wasn't blowing that day. Not at all. I've included two short clips, video clips, and uh, a few still images of the dragonfly standing on his hands. But I can't stress to you enough how long this guy was holding himself up, even while I wasn't even filming it. He was probably holding himself up for easily over 20 minutes. As you can see from his body, it's uh, very long and will cause a lot of weight on his arms due to the disproportionate weight distribution. Something like this should be kept in mind when judging what I'm talking about. Better yet, imagine a fat little duck or a bird and imagine how fast their wings don't flap in order to get them the lift they need in order to get airborne. Needless to say, I don't think that Michael Tellinger was crazy. Not any longer. In fact, he was really on to something, and he was one of the most intelligent people I've ever listened to. And I'm really glad I caught that statement when he made it. Something like this really gets your mind and your brain working in directions you've never used it before. Now we're going to talk about beetle wings. 
Why beetle wings, you ask? Well, because recently scientists and even hobbyists in their garage have been experimenting with beetle wings and finding that they have anti-gravity properties. Yes, you heard that correct. Anti-gravity properties. And they have these properties on their own with little to no, with anything needing to be added except for simple vibration. Add a little vibration and as you can see from these images, specific types of beetle wings will take flight by themselves and float and hover with little to no assistance for an extended period of time or until the vibrations start to decay and exit the wing. Yes, beetle wings. I thought the same thing. This is insane. But it's true, my friends. Think for a second how fat beetles are. If you live in Southern California or you visited there, during the spring, you will recall these huge green June bugs that fly around and slam in everything. They're there every spring. Speaking of a bug that was uh, that has a body too big for his wings, June bugs would be a perfect example. Now, please, don't start going out there and ripping the wings off beetles in order to test their anti-gravity properties, because as far as I know, <laughs> it is only a specific type that has the anti-gravity properties at the amount which we are able to see and reproduce at will. If you've ever seen Egyptian hieroglyphs, I believe it is the scarab that is the beetle we should be uh, in search of. This is obviously based off all the Egyptian art and jewelry we've seen throughout the years of study. Another person in history who we know or who knew that had uh, the Beatles had these anti-gravity properties would be that of Victor Grabinikov. Victor Grabinikov was a self-proclaimed Russian scientist, naturalist, naturalist and entomologist and paranormal researcher best known for his claims to have invented a levitation platform which operated by attaching dead insect body parts to the underside. Grabinikov wrote detailed accounts of his experiences flying over Russia countrysides using this levitation device. These flying experiences as well as his reported observations of other paranormal phenomena usually involved insect nests or parts appear in his self-published book, My World. Although once popular with readers who dreamed of human unpowered flight, Gerbenikov's flight and other paranormal claims were promptly rejected by skeptics and scientists outside of the paranormal community, as his reports were devoid of conclusion, proof, or public demonstration. He claimed that his camera shutter was jammed during the flights due to the time warping of force fields generated by the secret uh, geometric uh, power of Chitin. He was granted a Russian patent in 1993 on a device containing beehive cells, which were dry honeycombs, that uh, is claimed to enhance the effectiveness of uh, therapeutic drugs in patients. After a short search for Victor... Grabinikov on Google, I was quickly and easily bombarded with images and videos of his flight on this standing platform written and spoke of in his book, My World. I'm not here to debate whether Victor flew or he didn't fly. I'm here to tell you that the beetle wings have anti-gravity properties, which need to be explored further. If you don't believe me, please follow the links I've left in the video description below. And
and see this groundbreaking research for yourself. Before you explore these videos, it's important that you be prepared to have your wig blown back. This is some groundbreaking research, but it's not something the world hasn't already known in the past. It was Nikola Tesla that said back in the early 20th century that if you want to understand the universe, you need to think in terms of frequency and vibration. After learning about somaluminescence and how easy it is to create a star using nothing more than sound frequency, along with the anti-gravity properties of these beetle wings also using nothing more than vibration, I would say that Tesla was the smartest man in history, but I think most of us already knew that. Now, I'm Andrew. This is the Boogeyman Channel. If you haven't done so already, please mash that subscribe button along with the bell icon beside it so you can... It's a man named Grabenikov from Russia. Uh, Grabenikov was kind of a uh, non-conventional scientist. He was an entomologist. That was uh, Viktor Grabenikov, his flying machine and his anti-gravity property research in beetle wings and bugs by the boogeyman channel um, I'm gonna cut the deck twice three times the lady um, we're getting the outward card let's flip a card I scrolly toth deck what do you think about that video the chariot uh, number seven a trump card the chariot Next, we have Victor Gavranagov, Anti-Gravity and Levitation. This is one of the videos linked in the other one. Did a lot of work with, uh, you know, bugs, entomology. And his favorite thing was to go out into the steppes of Russia and into the various outer hinterlands and camp out in the summers and uh, study his favorite subject. And... On one of these expeditions, uh, he started seeing some weird effects. This, this is all explained in great detail on the AkiliNet site if you type in Grabenikov and his flying box or uh, gravity platform. But anyhow, the, the, the result of this was to uh, show that there was a, he found a certain bug that didn't fly, it levitated. And this was... Uh, he put this bug in, into a little uh, vial or something, and he saw this vial jumping up off the lab table, jumping up and down. And, of course, this is patently impossible based on any time of normal physics. So he got into this, and he found out that the, the bug wings themselves uh, were creating an anti-gravity phenomena under certain conditions. And, of course, what we have here, if, if you analyze, I, I think I found the bug. Actually, a beetle. And if you analyze this bug structure, you see a hexagonal pyramid structure array throughout the entire bottom wing of this bug. Turns out that beetles have two wings. The top wing is, is called a wing cover. And what the beetle does is it lifts this wing cover up and then it flips out its lower wings or inner wings. Now, the, the bug cover protects the inner wings, but when it gets excited or something, it flips these other wings out and it, it flaps these other wings and the other wings, the inner wings flap a little and this beetle goes gyrating around. They can't fly very good, but they sure levitate great, I guess. And uh, anyway, he took a whole bunch of these bug wings 
and he glued them to like a Venetia blind structure and he put it into into a little platform he built so they they were all it, these bug wings were all covered in here and he used the uh, I theorize he used the wing covers as well as the inner wing itself there's also a kind of a handlebar on this thing uh, with some controls you can see a thing a little better here in detail uh, the controls I think had to be manipulated continuously and probably vibrated to create the same action that the bug was doing. There was also down at the base some kind of a lever, which I suspect controlled the amount of uh, lift he was getting out of this thing. Anyway, Grabenikov claimed that he could fly this thing or levitate it, and it would go around at a thousand, almost a thousand miles an hour. Now you ask, how can that happen? You know. Well, he said that there, there was an energy field that built up around this thing due to this uh, gravity field building up in the platform. And by uh, this thing building up, it built out a force field that basically surrounded him and protected him from the local environment. So even though he was flying at 1,000 miles an hour, uh, you could go, uh, you know, you could be wearing your Sunday best suit and not get it flutter a bit at 1,000 miles an hour. I'm not sure I'd want to stand on something going a thousand miles an hour that's two feet square. But uh, this, this, this picture here shows him sitting on the ground. And these pictures are much better if you get on the KeyNet side. This is the platform with him on it about three to six feet above the ground because here's the shadow here down below. Now you could say this is all faked, but if you get into the other things he did with uh, shape, they're, they almost mirror the stuff that I discovered, and it, it, it proves, I guess, that you know there's either two crazy people in the world, or there's two people that have found the same discoveries. So I think that this is a valid phenomenon, and I'll, I'll show you why. Next slide is a uh, micrograph that I took of a beetle inner wing. This is at a 100x. If you look closely at this thing, you can see rows of bumps all along the bottom of this wing. Uh, and it, the, each row is staggered uh, from the next row uh, next to it. And this is all over the surface of the bottom of the wing. Now, I don't know of any aerodynamic surface that has bumps all over the bottom to help it fly better. If you blow this up to 430x, uh, you can start to see some of this microstructure of the uh, cells that form uh, where these bumps are. The next slide at uh, 970x, you start to see what these bumps that stick up are. They're a uh, hairs, look like hairs or uh, fibers that, that grow out of the center of these hexagonal cells. And of course, this harkens back to my basic shape power discovery is that each one of these, because of their uh, shape going down to a point, is creating a magnetic field. And remember, a magnetic field is a rotating piece of vortex in the ether. So, man. I wasn't listening for the end of that. I'm on Twitter, clicking around. 
We're gonna flip a card. Hmm. Also, Carly Toad Doug, what do you think about that video called Victor Gabinikov Anti Gravity and Levitation? We flip an inward happiness. Number nine of cups. Happiness. This is emotional happiness. Cups are water linked to the emotions. Alright. He mentioned bumps. No, 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 no. Before that, he mentioned. Uh, um, oh, wait, we're still. We still have the video. Gerbenikov claimed that he could fly right around. I'm sure I'd want to stand on something going silly and perhaps these other wings and the other wings, the inner and what the beetle does is it lifts his wing cover up and then it flips out its lower wings or inner wings. Now the, the bug cover protects the inner wings but when it gets excited or something it flips these other wings out and it, it flaps these other wings and the other wings, the inner wings flap a little and this beetle goes gyrating around. They can't fly very good but they sure levitate great I guess. And uh, anyway, he took a whole bunch of these bug wings and he glued them to like a Venetia blind structure and he put it into uh, that he could fly this. He said that the building up, it built out a uh, basically surrounded him and protected him from the local environment. <laughs> About three to six, they almost mirror the stuff that I discovered of a beetle inner. Uh. There was one point he said hexagonal hairs, structures. I don't know. I was looking for the picture. I don't know why the picture would mean anything or the words or whatever. But he said hexagonal, and I was like, a hexagon with a cone, right? That's the. He's got a book called Shape Power or some shit. So a hexagon with a cone. And I was like, a hexagon? That sounds familiar. How many sides are in a hexagon? Uh, hello, six. It's the Tetragrammaton, you guys. Woo! Making connections. Happiness. Hexagon. Tetragrammaton. <laughs> I've seen the Tetragrammaton sun. It's an Instagram photo, photo called Shape Flick on my Instagram. It's a picture of the Tetragrammaton sun, which is just the sun split into six sides. Um, which is something I took a picture of in my phone camera. And usually when I take pictures of the sun, the, the cones are top to bottom or like left to right maybe and it's just it looks like the they meet at an inertial point and then they spread out so it looks like an x but like a skinny x of cones i mean like that's uh, i have more pictures of the sun on instagram lord black rocker on instagram where it's like, a, they're called a series on the sun. There's like four pictures, a series on the sun, one through four. And each of them has little cones. But if you take the cone with the tetragrammaton that I've seen 
from another picture of the sun, not usual. <laughs> I've taken a lot of pictures of the sun. I've only seen the Tetragrammaton sun like once. But the cones and the Tetragrammaton, you put those together with what that scientist was saying. The bugs have tiny balls. What do you call them? Bumps. Tiny bumps on the wings. And each of the bumps is actually hairs that come out in a cone. He already described the shape of the bump as a tetragon, not a, a hexagon. So it's, uh, and pretty much two-dimensional is hexagon. But, th you know, different dimension, whatever, Not maybe not third dimension, maybe fourth, who knows. It's tetragrammaton, you know. Uh, or the the Star of David, but like with curves, I wish I could show you the picture that I'm looking at. If you take the Star of David, but you make it with curves, it connects in the inertial. It connects in the inertial point, and it looks like an X with a line through it, right? It looks like the, the cones... Uh, the the uh, the skinny cone X, right? But with a line going straight up and down through it. But also, since it's a hexagon, you can also see the rays perpen not perpendicular. I guess perpendicular is it like directly ninety degree perpendicular? I guess that's the word. So you go up and down, rays shooting out, and then you got side to side rays shooting out the X and Y axis. The, the Y axis is a part of, you know, the normal shit though. I mean, like it's <laughs> six, six uh, points. Actually, it turns into eight points, I guess. If you're counting the, the two on the side, but I don't know, maybe you don't count the two on the side because they're actually like points. How many points in a hexagon? Six. How's it still six? Oh, okay. In the actual hexagon, you don't have the up and down ones, but in the tetragrammaton, the squeezed curved hexagon, you end up with up and down. How did I get up and down? What am I doing? Huh. Maybe that's just the symbol. Oh, I know the up and down. The up and down is the the curve of the 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 the, the triangle, the triangle points. <laughs> It all makes sense in a weird way, thinking about scientifically with the loop going through the inertial point and the rollover halo wave. The idea that the, it's not an actual triangle, it's just the V versus the A. But it kind of is also a triangle in the, the double helix structure of it can give you like a twisted point to the V or the A. 
and then in the middle you have a whole torsion field and that's how you have the extra points on the sides no matter the orientation because it's 3d it's three-dimensional it's not two-dimensional so the middle point has the whole torsion field and you have the v at the top and the a at the bottom I don't know if V versus A is top or bottom. Oh yeah, V at the top because V is literally going upwards and A is literally going downwards. So that's why he described it as V and A. Okay, that makes sense. Alright, so <laughs> you got the V at the top, you got the A at the bottom, and the middle is the double helix or the actual torsion field, the rollover halo wave that goes into itself to create thrust. In that respect, you have four sides going outwards. You know, you got the four up and down, side to side. But also the V and the A had four other directions. The two points of the V and the two points of the A that's how I got eight points in my Tetragrammaton Sun. And that is how it's still a Tetragrammaton with six sides. But, you know, in three dimensions, the, the middle is actually rounder and a rollover halo wave that is connected. And it's also spiraling in both directions. It's uh, pushing and pulling. Oh, shit. But how does this connect with insect wings? That they have tetragrammatons? Um, how would, I don't know. The, what's the next video? <laughs> Where do we lead next? Back to the first video with the links to all the other videos. What's up, what's up, what's up, my good people of YouTube? This your boy Boogie, and today I got some history for you that I felt needs to... Alright, so uh, I've been looking into Viktor Gerbenikov lately, and uh, I had some June bugs laying around, and uh, I thought I'd try to see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of interesting videos out there on YouTube right now about... Um, not a jumper. This thing is jumping all over the place. Or static electricity from the nylon. But I seem to be able to replicate some of those videos that are out there. Um, when I've got beetle shells on top of nylon. So Alright, now this guy is uh, limited res limitless research. Uh, the video is called Victor Gabranikov number one. Testing scarab June bug wing covers. I kind of want to see video number two since I never watched it. But what he just mentioned is static electricity, which electricity, electromagnetism is what's being covered as gravity. Gravity is encroaching upon electricity and magnetism, electromagnetism, how they work together. Energy and matter are separate. Matter, no, <laughs> energy moves matter, as we learn from scientifically. So he's talking about 
there's like a static electricity effect with the beetle wings but what if they create that shit you know like what if it's what if it's the tetragrammaton bumps all right the next from limitless research i have not watched this video yet it's only three minutes it's called victor Gravanikov number two static electricity effect from limitless research hey youtubers just a quick follow-up video um today i've got some dry leaves and i just gave this nylon a good buff um so they would build up the static electric field and hopefully be able to see that I can produce the same effect that the beetle shells show uh, with just these dry leaves. Um, what this tells me is that um, the videos that are out there that have uh, plexiglass or plastic or nylon in them, um, even if they're, you know, a little bit away from the the source. Um, there's one out there that has a aluminum pyramid. I think the static electricity is going from the plexiglass through the pyramid um, up into the, the beetle shells. Uh, there's another one that looks like the wings are hovering over each other. Honestly, I think that's um, a little static electricity and possibly some thread involved because they seem to pivot on one particular axis. Um, go ahead and watch that video again if you want. But here on uh, unfinished wood, and there's no static electricity, there's no effect. Okay? I want you to know where I stand on this topic. Um, I am all about doing the research and looking into it, but I want you guys to know the truth. So um, I also have a microscope. I'll be putting some pictures at the end of this video uh, of the in of the underside of these beetle shells. Um, also, I'll be looking into Victor's uh, old researcher, his beginning works, where um, he looked into beehives and their effect on his sensation, uh, what he could feel in his hand, and their effect on carbon. So uh, that's what you'll see in the next couple videos. Um, I will continue doing research on beetle shells and looking at their microstructures, but probably won't post anything until I get some promising results. Alright, so here's a few pictures for you. So this guy is disproving uh, what we just talked about. Uh, I did not know he would take this uh, side of it. Under the description it says, Conclusions, videos that show this effect on beetle wing covers while using any of the following are hoaxes and misleading. Nylon, plastic, plexiglass, etc. 
Wing covers will not show this effect on grounded materials and other objects. Dry leaves shown here will mimic the same results if placed in, electro, in an electric field. My research will continue with this in mind. As crazy as this sounds, the point of research is to be the, as crazy as this sounds. The point of this research is to be able to replicate the flying platform made by Viktor Gravankov. This would involve identifying non-structures that cause the hover effect and possibly have them replicated into sheets. The no-no structures. The nano, nano, nano structures. It literally says no no structures, but it's one word that caused the hover effect and possibly have them replicated onto sheets. Victor claimed he used beetle wing covers to create a flying platform that could reach speeds up to 1,500 miles per hour without feeling the effects of inertia wind or air friction. For those viewers who do not know anything about this research, please visit the website. Right, so that guy definitely does not believe <laughs> in any of that shit. What's up, what's up, what's up, my guy? Well, let's flip a card about it. I went back to the source material. I'm going to click on the next YouTube video after we flip a card and say a few words. Alright, uh, deck. what did you think about that YouTube video? We flip an outward abundance, number three of cups. Abundance, three of cups. That's cups or water, water is emotion, or emotional abundance. I'm a little behind schedule currently, but I would like to say that that dude does not understand magnetics, nor electromagnetism. Uh, scientifically recently has a video of him pushing pushing water on water with a magnet you can use a magnet to push it you can use a magnet everything's magnetic everything has an electromagnetic field static and shit like it's <laughs> it's sort of irrelevant being grounded is sort of irrelevant he did not, he wasn't working with the correct materials, I mean, like, to come up with that sort of, uh, any video that uses nylon is a hoax. Like, nah, nigga, like, you don't understand <laughs> magnetics in the first place. How you gonna, how you gonna say everything's a hoax? Gravity is dead, you just didn't know it yet. Um, maglets, okay. We get magnets moving ice, magnets moving broccoli, cheese, and plastic. We're gonna go with magnets moving ice first. Something floating in some water. 
just a glass bowl of water with approximately about eight inches, about eight inches in diameter. Now I'm trying to wait for this to stop moving. He's got ice on styrofoam and he's trying to float it in the middle of a glass. And now I'm fast forwarding two minutes into the video. The video is from Scientific Lee. It's called Magnets Moving Ice. Dot, 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 impossible. And you can see that move across. Now I'm gonna move it back again without touching it. About two mil, I'm trying to keep it way above. Oh shit, we're stuck on the back. Move away from there. <laughs> I'm not moving my magnet, but I'm trying to get it because it's locked itself to the back. Let me just I'm touching it. I'll move it with me hand, otherwise, somebody's going to say, for fuck's sake. And we can see it moving. I'm going to move it back just to show that I'm not a liar. Move it all the way to the other side. So this is ice. Water being affected, being affected at a range of approximately two. Oh, we're stuck on the fucking glass again. Right, let's try and move it while it's stuck to the bloody edge of the glass. So we're about two mil away. Really? Almost hit it, but didn't. Now let's grab the sides by electrical surface tension. I'm going to do this for a while just so. So that was on on some styrofoam. I want to see. This is also on styrofoam. It's a bit more difficult because it's not as bushy. But it's just broccoli sitting on styrofoam, and he's pointing a magnet at it, and it's moving away from the magnet. <laughs> Next is a, a block of cheese, a small block of cheese. It is magnetic. So the thing about oil, um, well, that was just it didn't contain iron. Huh. But then again, nor does I say. How funny is that? So cheese reacts to a magnetic field. Isn't that funny? So here's where it's plain that I really don't know anything about positive and negative charges, but that's what's happening. The magnet is either positive or negative against iron or water or plants or air. It's all to do with that. I'm trying to explain this to people. I've seen how everything works. God didn't sit there and go, that's paramagnetic, that's diamagnetic, that's paralytic. You know, he didn't say those kind of things to me. I was just shown energy, a double helix, that runs through everything, and I knew it was electricity and electromagnetism by the way that I was shown it. But God never said, this is this, this is that. I've had to stumble along, and somebody once laughed at me because I said, I knew how everything worked, then I had to go and learn science. And they laughed, and it's like, no, 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 no. It's because I have to now tell you that you don't know anything about science. Because it, then I have to figure out what those words are, and then go, no. So... I've already said since the beginning, uh, energy attracts or repulses. So it's repulsing uh, food and 
water and ice. If somebody can tell me why, that would be great. Because we all know it attracts metals, iron, and that's in everything. And water is in everything. So, of course, every single thing on this planet is affected by energy. And that's what I'm on about. Energy flow, how it works, how it goes around things, how it goes through things. So, no, I don't know all the terms. I've had to learn quantum physics, physics, astrophysics, geology, biology, geography, geology, astrogeology, <laughs> or plasma physics. You name it, I've had to go and learn that. Because I can. Because I know how it works. But I don't know the names. So if somebody can tell me the difference between impulsion, repulsion and attraction on why you think it's doing it, um, we can try and apply that to this. But it's plainly obvious that magnets repel or uh, attract. It attracts metals uh, and anything with iron on it that's kind of keeping it on the ground. But then it's also repulsing things like water and plant material, which is what? Forcing it upwards? So you tell me. I just know it's all going on. And if I drew every single field line that there was uh, in a magnetic field, you'd be left with just like black lines. It would just be black, like the screen you're looking at, because there's so much going on. It's always vortex, so halo wave. That's it. The uh, sign of God, the sign of the horns, which is what an Ouroboros field is. Vortex up, two horns, there's your Ouroboros field, a halo wave. All right, back to the video. Oh, I haven't got a mantelpiece big enough for him. <laughs> He's pushing a pin cap with magnets. <laughs> a pin cap on styrofoam, on water, in a glass bowl, being pushed by a magnet. It's called Magnets Moving Broccoli, Cheese, and Plastic by Scientifically. And all of that shit he said earlier was what I was commenting on with the other guy. And he's just like, oh, well, apparently that's just a blur to boo boop. Proper to boop boop. But Victor Glavonagalkov. <laughs> oh, also the, the Horns of God thing. The, the... Oh, shit, what do you say? I exited out already. It doesn't matter. But the tetragrammaton is the same thing that I was explaining with the hexagon and the, the, the double helix and the Ouroboros, Taurus, torsion field. It's always the torsion field and the, the leading horns, the V and the A and then the circle around them and the inertial point. I was explaining the same thing that he was because I learned it from him this video is unavailable what's up what's up what's up This next video doesn't have any words, honestly, or any, like, good words. <laughs> it's just, uh, looks like a video from people who are in a museum in Russia, and there's a little anti-gravity flying machine that looks just like the Viktor Gurbanikov one, except they put little protectors around it. 
the Victor Gavranagovov one was pretty much just a piece of wood. It looked like a a square skateboard or a square scooter with a handlebar. But in this video, they've made in Russia little platforms that are the the same thing like the the scooter square scooter with handlebars except it's got um, landing wheels or landing pad I guess not wheels there's bars landing bars on the bottom and it's up to the waist covered the handlebars are covered by little like a like a, a I don't know, walls I guess would be the word walls waist-high walls <laughs> so it's this, the same structure the same size but they just added bars on the bottom and walls on the top I guess so the guys don't fall out also it goes pretty slow it uh, hovers around in the air pretty slowly but it is definitely hovering and it is not using any sort of thrust you know any uh, aerodynamic thrust at least and the video even goes to show the little flying machine from the view of the flying machine flying over plants from the view on the ground of the flying machine flying th around plants uh, it shows two people holding side each side while the person takes off um, the description and the video title and the person who put it out the person who put it out is called Above Duality the video title is called The Anti-Gravity Platform of Viktor Gabrenikov published February 26, 2014 uh, the description says the anti-gravity platform conceptualized by Viktor Spevnodik Grubinikov built and used it seems by the Russian army right so what I was saying earlier is it does not look photoshopped it looks like old ass video what's up also it looks like they did not get it completely correct because it does not go as fast as a thousand miles per hour on that video it looks actually kind of slow like it might be able to get up to a hundred I'd guess but it doesn't look like it <laughs> like they put a governor in that bitch Damn it. I clicked what's up what's up video. Alright, the last video is unavailable. Alright, cool. So that's the last that's the last of uh, YouTube videos. We're gonna check logic. Logic is still running. We got a spike from when I slammed my phone down. Let's uh, flip a card about scientific lead and the last videos. Uh, Crowley Toth Deck, what did you think of those last few videos? We flip an outward Knight of Swords. Swords, of course, the intelligence, the Knight of Swords. Swords, intelligence. What does it relate? Oh, the wind. 
Swords relate to the wind, also intelligence, intellect, all of the above. All we got left is stand up. Then we'll get out of here. I'm late to the show. I'm late to the show. May 14th.
but like it's a tower to limitless potential or the bridge to the fountain of youth, you know? And it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, to, put it, to put it in layman's terms though, you know, limitless potential is just imagination or whatever. So like a bridge from reality to imagination would just be art. Right, so like I'm trying to make art about art, you know? Currently, you know, we're currently working 
on how to sell flying cars to the plebs. You know, we're, we're in the current moment. We're fighting for rights. We're getting these rights. We're current. You know, you guys ever be current? I don't like to be current all the time. I like to do drugs. It fucks with my current, you know? I like to swim against the current, smoking weed and shit. Yeah, and it makes me stronger. <laughs> Currents are cool, though. <laughs> you guys, I like to... I really enjoy... Okay, I'm gonna get off the stage in a explain the all itself thing being eternal present actually just the words eternal present would have made the most sense eternal present eternally present is immortal that's all I needed it was just one one little sentence missing just be eternally present 
This next one's from May 22nd. Oh, kind of computer, Peter Poop, Pop, Boom. Chang, Chang, Chang. Like that's pretty cool. That's like a game of inches or 
of this show called You Tweeted, You Mean It, episode 107 slang. Slang, 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 The thing says three hours and ten minutes, but I know from experience that we're two hours and ten minutes in. Or maybe it's only one hour. No, that would make no sense. It started with one, therefore it would have to go to two before three. <laughs> Meaning we've been recording for two hours and I thought it would be one hour. Either way, I have gone over time. I am now late for sign-up. Uh, I feel like I should send them a message. I am not going to send them a message. What I'm going to do is finish this podcast. But did I even flip a card about the sets? All right, here we go. We're flipping cards. We're not going to do Spiritual Warfare, which is Tarot Card Battle, the game in which you can play me for my soul. That's right, win some soul on the other episodes. Past episodes, you can go through and find the ones where at the end of the episode we play Spiritual Warfare. It's where you get yourself a tarot deck, and I have my tarot deck, and we shuffle, we shuffle, we shuffle. And we flip a card, and we vie for each other's soul. But the best part is, if you think you win, then you do win. That is how the game works. Power of Perception, The Perception War, Spiritual Warfare, Tarot Card Battle. Use your card to your advantage. Or, you know, use your card to your defense. Because this is an audio recording, meaning you have my move. Your move is up to debate. Which also means this is a quantum event. You can go back to past episodes and play me multiple times when my soul motherfuckers do it it's happening that's uh you tweeted you mean it you know like uh any of those uh episodes uh, 60 to 80 60 to 80 that's like what is it 20 episodes where you could play spiritual warfare uniquely with me each episode and we do like three rounds an episode it's so much spiritual warfare that you can take advantage of. What if people take advantage of it in the opposite way, the polarity of it, as if somebody does spiritual warfare with me to commit suicide? What if there's like, they listen to every episode with spiritual warfare and then just immediately tried to lose? They flipping cards. <laughs> Through that story, I was like flipping cards, trying to lose. I flipped the Princess of Wands. Then I flipped. The Knight of Wands, then I flipped Cruelty, which is the Nine of Swords. 
Um, if you want to pretend I played Spiritual Warfare with those cards, then you can. And that would be three rounds. Anyway, let's ask the Toth deck what it thought about the 10 minute set from Barbie Ducks. Geneva Joy hosting that night. Uh, so, Curly Toth deck, what did you think about that set? We flip an outward success. Number six of discs. Success. That is a pretty cool card to flip about a set. It was 10 minutes. I got my time travel bit out. I also did the thing about towers. I don't think I did ask yourself a question. Maybe I did. I don't know. Either way, it was a success. It was great to get it out on the recording. We're going to shuffle and ask about the last set, which was Buddha Belly, hosted by Breezy. Now it's the Crowley Toth deck. What did you think about that set? We flip an inward disappointment. Number five of cups. Disappointment. Cups, of course, are water. Water, of course, emotion. I have failed to mention that success was, of course, discs. Discs were earth. Earth, the physical realm. This is an emotional disappointment. That was a physical success. And it was a little bit emotionally disappointing. I did it. I talked over it. I played weird piano. Uh, it was a, a set where they had an out-of-town comic in town. And I felt like showing off. But also, I did not want to show off too much. You know, where you like toe the line of, hey, I'm talking about time travel. Versus, hey, I'm talking about being programmed. You know, toe the line. Either way, we got to go. Gots to get out. Waste of time. Gonna upload this shit. Boop, 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 a doop. Uh, this has been You Tweeted You Mean It. I'm your host, Byron, also known as Lord Byron, a.k.a. Byron Broussard, Black Rocker on Twitter, Lord Black Rocker on Instagram. I'm not just me.com. That's the website. I'm not just me.com. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow the new podcast at Bit About That. Bit About That. It's on Facebook and Twitter so far. We are not on Instagram. Because we don't need to be, not yet. We haven't started the show yet. Starts on June 5th. Bar Redux, The Scrapyard. Get at it. Uh, you can't end like that.